Welcome everyone to THPS Podcast episode number 23. My name is the Dode Man. I'd like to welcome you today. Thank you so much for taking some time to hang out and uh, uh, join us and be part of the conversation. Uh, we are super stoked to have you uh, part of this. I would like to welcome at this time my co-host, my partner in crime. Please, everybody say hello to Freddie. Hey, guys. Great to be here. We have a huge guest today. Wait till you hear from him. <laughs> Absolutely. We are excited. So uh, without further ado, on that note, we're going to jump right into our uh, uh, welcoming our guest today. Today, we are pleased to welcome Ludwig Gurr, also known as Ice Bears Forever. Many of you will know uh, him by that name. Uh, Ice Bears, he has this highly successful YouTube channel with almost 9,000 subscribers. He's produced and released over 300 Tony Hawk's Pro Skater related videos, including multiple game reviews, game walkthroughs, and much more. Ludwig is also the director of Pretending I'm a Superman, the Tony Hawk video game story. It's a full-length documentary which tells the story of how skateboarding became a part of the mainstream, where it has stayed ever since, the development of the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater game, its future titles, and where skateboarding is at today. The story is told through brand new interviews with skaters such as Tony Hawk, Eric Costin, Steve Caballero, Rodney Mullen, and much more. The world premiere of the film happened this past weekend in California at the Mammoth Film Festival, and it won two awards at the festival best action sports feature and best documentary feature so we would like to welcome at this time everybody please join us and let welcoming ludwig to the podcast hey guys thank you so much such an honor to be here really i mean uh, you know i've always been a part of tony Oxford skater community online community and it's such an honor to be invited to this podcast and you know to talk to these guys who've been with the community for so long so yeah thank you once again Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time. I know uh, I know it's late as you're back in Sweden now after being in the States here for, for the uh, Mammoth Film Festival. So uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, staying up late for us and uh, joining us for the conversation here. So, <clears throat> Absolutely. So, so fine. So great to finally talk to you, Ice Bears. Oh, it's such an honor. No worries at all. Thank you. <laughs> all right. So we want to go ahead, Fred. We're going to hop into general questions real quick. Uh, Just a couple here. Um, Ludwig, when did you actually start playing the THPS series? I I mean, you know, I started Tony Hawk 3 around 2002, I'd say, you know. uh, That's when I started. Um, I had it on the GameCube, and I kind of followed each release from Tony Hawk's Underground to Tony Hawk's Proving Ground, so... There's quite a bunch of games there. I was I was never part of the online community because I was playing on a GameCube and then I played on Nintendo Wii for a while. Eventually, I actually stayed up a lot of money to uh, not not a lot, but for me there was a lot of time when I was like 13. I stayed up a bunch of money to buy a PlayStation 2. You know, this was like 2010 as well, so this was way late. You know, lots of kids pulled me for that, and um, <laughs> and um, and I, then I connected online to the community. I think the PTC protocol, who's known as Ant Venom these days, yeah. uh, was the guy who kind of connected me. He had a video that kind of showed how to connect online, and yeah, the rest is history. I guess I joined. There were about 20 people playing. I mean, in total. So probably one room at best. Tony Ox Underground plays a two online back in 2010. But I had a lot of fun. That was my dream to just play Tony Ox online. It, it was a lot of fun. 
Man, those connectivity stuff, that was a, that was a chore before Thug Pro came out. It was really a challenge to get online. I mean, Freddie, you probably have better memory than I do of how some of those servers work and stuff. So, man, to persist and actually get connected to be able to play the series online uh, that late uh, in the era, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, totally. It was a dream come true. You know, I, I always wanted to and, you know, then to finally be able to with, you know, I mean, sure, it was only 10 people, but, you know, that was like a thousand people to me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, cool. Uh, so uh, next question, what, favorite, what's your favorite Tony Hawk game? And then give us a little bit of context as to why you would say it's your favorite. Uh, oh, God. You know, I'd say probably Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four, just because it's so massive, open-ended, and has such an amazing soundtrack. It's the one I definitely enjoy playing the most, and I feel like I could probably play for hours upon hours without getting tired at all or want to switch the game. Also, Tony Hawk 3 and then Tony Hawk's Underground. Now, I know there's three games, but I think those three are the ones that are closest to my heart because those are the ones that I kind of grew up with. Tony Hawk 1 and 2, I played on a, in a much later stage. You know, I very much enjoy those games, too. I mean... Fun fact, I actually mostly played Tony Hawk 2 on my iPhone because that came out when I was my first year of high school, I think. Tony Hawk 2 on iPhone, such a good part of the game, and I, I played that all the time, like crazy, you know. So, yeah. yeah. It, had, uh, it, had surprisingly, it had surprisingly good controls for a touchscreen. I think oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I think I played it a grand total of one time. I never really played it much. But, gosh, you are in uh, you are in fellow company uh, with loving Tony Hawk 4 being a favorite title. Freddie and I, I think, would both say that's our favorite as well. So. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, you found some kindred spirits here for sure. <clears throat> now we're going to move along into some more in-depth questions for you, Ludwig. Um, I want to start off asking you, why exactly did you start your YouTube channel uh, you know, you know, that's a good question, Freddie. I mean, um, so, uh, you know, I think my YouTube channel kind of started around the time when YouTube wasn't really as big since it is now, obviously, you know, I think the, I think the channel that had the most amount of subscribers at that time had like 3 million and, you know, now a 3 million subscriber channel, is just another YouTube channel. So, um, I think I watch a lot of videos like on collect you know like um doing gaps and all that stuff and i started doing some walkthroughs i had like a really crappy camera that i would record the videos with and then i i shared them online and some of those actually ended up getting you know a couple thousand views so that kind of motivated me and then you know my twin brother has always been into like youtube video games stuff like that and commentaries and he's the one who kind of brought me to the other level of like oh well you know you can obviously do these videos where, um, you know, you score a billion points, you have copyrighted music, and, you know, and they get that many views. But you can also do these commentaries where you introduce new people to the game and stuff like that. And so I think he's the one who kind of um, made the channel what it is today. He's actually a full-time YouTuber himself. His, name, his YouTube name is Orwat Central. So his dream did become true after a while. But, yeah, first the first few years of YouTubing, that was just me, like, doing... Uh, a bunch of you know not very good commentaries uh, essentially <laughs> and and i think as kind of tony hawk 5 came around was announced in hd that's when i think i realized it was it could be a serious business you know not not serious in a way but you know at that time being in high school it definitely was a serious business for me so, so you know i never really you know got far with youtube as to say you know made a living off it or something like that but um i did you know, i you know And I, I was pretty blown away, and, you know, I was like, sweet, you know, now I can get myself, you know, 
a new pair of Vans, a Donnie Darko t-shirt, and you know, all this stuff. So yeah, nice. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I didn't realize you had a twin brother that was doing this too. That's cool. Um, oh yeah. So did your did your YouTube channel where was it ever popular enough to where you were able to monetize some of the content and you were able to make you know I it's, you just kind of expressed that you got some Donnie Darko you know t-shirts and some Vans and stuff out of it. So it sounds like you made a few dollars. Was it ever enough to like make a living off of it, support yourself, or did it never quite get to that point? No, I never quite got to the point where I could make an actual living off it. I mean, that would have been good, but no, um, it, it definitely didn't. Um, you know, at most, I think I made, um, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month. It was during the time when Tony Hawk 5 was being released. And I think, you know, I had some hopes that if Tony Hawk 5 becomes a success, maybe, you know, I'll be able to kind of work with that game as my basis and grow bigger that way. But that didn't happen, as you all know. So, sure. So, yeah. Sabatru, you know, no, I never was able to make a living off it. Yeah. You spoke about the, the gradual evolution of your YouTube channel. Um, when did you decide to evolve your video content creation from your channel into a wider focus and eventually into something that has become a very serious part of your life? Um, well, I was always into filmmaking. I mean, <clears throat> That's kind of what I was always into. YouTube was really kind of, um, I don't want to say it was an accident, but it was definitely like I did never intended to have sort of this very small fan base that wanted videos every week. Um, <laughs> but it was a great way to kind of, you know, explore. But I do notice when I rewatch my videos that I, I tended to become a little lazier um, as it progressed. You know, I tended to do like videos that didn't really have much meaning and stuff. Hmm. And and but because that and I think that was because I was so focused on filmmaking on the side I wanted to do other stuff that I just decided to do let's plays instead because you know you could do let's plays and you could gain some views and you know that's just playing for thirty minutes and commentating so so I think just like when I started high school I started making some films and eventually um, I did the history of Tony Hawkins video I did two of those and I think those were kind of my first step into something more serious and um, and yeah that, that I mean that's pretty much it I don't. I don't really think the YouTube channel was ever connected to me actually getting, uh, or I mean, pursuing a film career. I felt like that was always there even before the YouTube channel. Oh, interesting. Huh, that's good insight and good to know. <clears throat> so, uh, as you've expressed, you know, these days it seems like you're kind of definitely into the more serious filmmaking. Um, Instead of the YouTube content, it, it looks like just looking at the video uploads, you haven't uploaded a video in quite some time. Do you plan to do you plan to make any more content for your YouTube channel or does that seem like that that season is kind of pretty much over and you've, you're focusing on other things? Yeah, I, I think we're done with that chapter, honestly. You know, I, I'd love to upload more YouTube videos when I look at it, but at the same time, at this point, I really would want to do something that has real effort put into it, and I just don't feel like I'm the one to do that. And, and you know, since I kind of stopped with YouTube, I feel like there have been so many other channels that did what I kind of always intended to do, but, like, way better, like Rad Rat Video. Um, there was a guy called Mini Me who did videos on, like... Uh, I mean, he didn't do Tony Hawk videos only, but he did a lot of... He did videos on the ports of the games, Odd Header and stuff like that. So I kind of felt like, you know, they, you know... I guess they saw my channel, saw that it, it, there was better potential than just like let's play videos, and they really did it. I mean, Rad Earth Videos got amazing content on the Tony Hawk games and skateboarding in general, and I felt like that was a step that I was wanting to take, but I couldn't because they didn't know enough about skateboarding at that time. But he really did. So, 
yeah, I mean, props to Radarat's video. I can't thank him enough. Yeah, Rat Rat, I watch his content as well. I know uh, uh, quite a few people in the community do. He just actually uh, released a video, I think, this week about uh, Tony Hawk Skate Jam, the new mobile game. So I'm, That's right. I'm interested to watch it. So That's right. <clears throat> All right, Ludwig. Um, what is the for the genesis? How did you first get involved with the Pretending I'm a Superman project? So essentially, you know, um, uh, I made a. So this is funny. It's this. There's a, there's always a misunderstanding with this. Which video we're talking about? So in 2013, I made a video called "The History of Tony Hawkins" with my twin brother, where it was me with my very, very bad commentary, like <laughs> commentating over uh, like the history of Tony Hawkins up until Tony Hawkins HD. Uh, but this was way before um, all those like YouTube became a professional thing. So like there were a bunch of other mini docs about other games. This was way before that. So I think in 2013, this was the best you got if you wanted to watch a proper video about the history of Tony Hawk games and not just a video where there's like JPEGs from Google images like of <laughs> each game and like Guys a summary game. So, and Ralph D'Amato, who worked for the who worked for Neversoft and then worked for Tony Hawk King, he saw that video um, in 2014. It was a Super Bowl 2014 Seattle Seahawks versus Denver Broncos. This is the only Super Bowl I ever watched. That's how I remember this date. Um, and um, and essentially, he just messaged me and said, I really like your video. You're good at what you're doing. I was the producer. Is of that. And we kind of started talking. And coincidentally, he was going to Sweden that summer. So we decided to meet up, and, uh, you know, I was, like, 16 at the time. He gave me all this super cool merchandise. You know, I felt like my life was complete. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know to never have been to the United States and get so much stuff from, like, this guy who worked in your favorite game of all time and, you know, to have him chat about everything that's good about the game and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was amazing. And, yeah. um, and so And so... You know, time passed, and in 2016, after I graduated high school, I went to California because, you know, I wanted to, you know, I thought my life's going to be easier if I just went there and uh, everybody would, you know, I would, you know, and my filmmaking career would kick off and shit. But, um, but he essentially said, like, he had an idea earlier. So, Joshua Tsui, who, who was the CEO of Robomoto, he worked for Midway earlier in his career, and he was doing a documentary about uh, Midway. No, yes, he was. It was about Midway. Um, and he launched it on Kickstarter. And I guess that kind of motivated Ralph. Like, I want to make a documentary about TGPS. But mm. this time it was more Neversoft-focused. He wanted to do essentially about Neversoft, all their parties and stuff like that. And uh, I was just like, oh, cool. Want me to direct? And he was kind of like, you know, I was kind of, you know, trying to get in there somehow. And eventually when I went out there to California, uh, we, we were talking about like crazy. Like, yes, let's do, let's do a documentary on the subject. And at that time we kind of, we didn't really see the potential of it, but I ended up going to Tony's the next day after we talked about it and pitched the idea. And he was like, immediately, like, yes, I'll do it. Because, you know, Rafa had already talked about it, but he was immediately up for it. This was right the year after I was scared five. He was like, yes, I'll do the documentary for sure. This sounds really good. And he didn't even ask me about any of my experience or anything like that, which was good, you know, because I had wow. none at that time. That's amazing. So, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. And then we shot the first trailer. Uh, we shot. We shot the trailer several months later in November 2016. Um, that where, where we do Rodney Mullen, we do Tony Hawk, we do some of the developers. Um, 
that went viral. Uh, we did a crowdfunding that didn't go so well. And, you know, the rest is history, kind of. I guess there's more questions about the doc, so I'll stop there for now. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> no, that's great. Uh, that's that's amazing that he just saw your YouTube content and then just looked you up and, and was like, hey – let's you know let's let's figure out a way to make a documentary out of this and i like how you just nonchalantly said yeah we the next day we went to tony's just like it's no big deal yeah <laughs> uh, that's cool man uh, i love it so I, I don't even think i need to ask this next question but it sounds like the story and the concept originally the the uh genesis of that uh, came from your from your head but then it sounds like you and ralph collaborated on that or was the whole kind of flow of it the whole story the whole concept was was that just yours no that's a really good, that's a really good question so i mean when we started the project you know ralph and i had very different visions and this was as i was getting into filmmaking too so my my perspective of how to make good documentary change i mean our original plan if you look at our original pitch was essentially to just make a documentary about every single game essentially it would be like the youtube documentary i did but it would be way more professional um but I think as we developed the thing, uh, I kind of realized, like, no, we need to, like, get more perspectives in. We need to focus on skateboarding. We need to focus on the first game. And we need to focus on the skaters. Like, we cannot focus on, like, you know, Neversoft uh, having a party with Jen Jameson. You know, like, <laughs> Neversoft goofing around the office. <laughs> you know, that's all fun. But that's not going to make a good doc. And, you know, sure. Ralph was kind of like, he was a little upset about that at first. But then as we progressed, he was just like, no, okay, yeah, this was, thank you so much for pushing me, like, in a different direction where we focus on, like, this through skateboarding and, like, mainly focus on the impact that this video game had on this gigantic industry that's so mainstream now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, um, it, it kind of changed during the movie, you know. Even as we had done our first round of shooting, the interviews, like, for the actual film, Ralph still wasn't quite sure what we were going to do with them, but then I sent him the first rough cut, and he was like, oh, this is real good. And it didn't have that much never soft focus. It did have a little, but, but you know, I mean, uh, he really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, that's kind of it. Nice. We've got a, a two-parter here. Um, you originally worked on getting the funding for the documentary via Indiegogo. How yeah. close did you all come to getting it fully funded? And how differently would you have treated the project had you got it fully funded? Uh, so I think, you know, our Indiegogo wasn't very successful for various reasons. I think the number one was that we just didn't know. We thought we have Tony. We had a star power. We're going to get all the money instantly. Obviously, that's not how Indiegogo works. You know, we, uh, um, yeah, and I've learned this. And I had, I've done another Indiegogo since that's been a bit more successful. That actually got funded fully, but... So, you know, our idea was just, we'll get the money in and go, we'll do the film, and it'll be done by 2018. That was the original plan. And obviously that didn't happen. Um, so so I think if we would have got the full funding, we would have still gone through a similar process of, you know, we should do this and that. And I think that, you know, I think we got 20% of the – of our budget there, like that we wanted to have from Indiegogo, which was about 20K, which is not a whole lot of money. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I think what we were looking for was like 75K. And that, that's that's not a whole lot of money either. That's not enough to make the documentary. So I, I kind of feel like we would have had an advantage at the beginning of the production of documentary, but eventually would have fallen down. But it is because of that Indiegogo that we got a lot of exposure and the other in investors and, you know, and we got the product independently funded. That That is because of Indiegogo we were able to do that, you know. 
Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that, and that's an interesting thing. Uh, interesting thing to note for sure, um, because you would think, oh, you didn't get the funding or whatever, so the project died. And I remember, you know, following along and being a supporter and everything else of the campaign. And then when I heard it yeah. didn't get funded, I was bummed. But at the same time, you guys were like, we don't care. We think this is an important project. We think there's enough traction here. We're going to continue yeah. to to do it anyway. Which I was like, wow, that's really cool. To kind of, you know, this was fully grassroots. And and with as popular as this series became, you know, sold millions and millions of copies, you know, whatever, multi-million dollar franchise. I was so surprised that it didn't get funded. I, I would imagine you guys probably felt the same. Yeah, we were, we were definitely surprised. I mean, for sure. Um, but I think, you know, um, what you got at what we didn't realize at the time is that having an Indiegogo, it's like having a full-time job. You know, you got to mm -hmm. work in it constantly. And we didn't have a... We didn't even have like someone, a PR agent to handle it for us. So we did everything ourselves. Wow. And that, that's the biggest mistake we ever did because that's totally what kind of made it fall, fall down completely. We just didn't have a good strategy. Everything was spontaneous. There was one point where we had a little hope because there were like some people like actually sending us funds because we were like, oh, the next 20 people who donate will get this uh, sticker or something like that. But that, that fell apart too, man. So, you know, um, we were very disappointed for sure. And that, that definitely set us back a lot. Like that summer or the whole thing that happened, that, that set us back a lot. And it definitely made us lose a lot of hope. And, you know, mm -hmm. we even went head to head a lot and had a lot of fights about this. Uh, yeah, luckily, we worked it out since. But, but yeah, having an Indiegogo is stressful. So I always, you know, now I get a lot of people coming up to me and like, you know, how do I do an Indiegogo properly? I mean, you got to tell me, man, because I want to get funding. And what I always tell people is, do you actually think do you have like enough friends who could fund a project without like any other anyone else backing it and if the answer is no it's like okay then you probably can't do it in the gogo because you got to realize that even if you have a star power 25 percent of the donations are going to be your friends and if you're not comfortable yeah. enough asking them then you're you're out of luck kind of mm -hmm. and that's the sad truth about it that's interesting good perspective there so how long in in total did it take you guys to film the final version of the movie that that you guys premiered last weekend so we shot um, – essentially, we had some footage from the trailer in the film, uh, a lot of Tony interviews we had. Uh, so over a period of about three years, we shot the film. So the very first interviews were shot in 2016, November, and the very last were shot in May 2019, I think. So it was about three years, man. But um, it was uh, – I mean, you know, it's – obviously, we didn't shoot every month for three years. We, we shot – November to December 2017, we shot the summer of 2018, and then finally May 2019. So, say so it took us a while, but you know, well worth it. Yeah, for sure. So, with, with you living in Sweden, it must have been challenging getting to the U.S. to film parts. How many total trips did you make during production? I, I made quite a, I made quite a few. I got to be honest. I made probably like f about four, you know. But um, I mean, it was worth it, you know. Um, we there was enough funding to kind of make my visa very comfortable and you know at that time too i felt you know i was always living in la so um and i love la so i, I definitely didn't mind at all and i always try to combine that trip with like when we were shooting with other meetings and stuff like that and it always worked out somehow so and I, i'm really thankful for that 
Nice. Yeah, I figured that would have been quite a quite an ordeal to have to, you know, make the flight over. And I'm sure that's not a cheap flight, nor is it short. I mean, that's got to yeah. be, what, multiple hours, multiple stopovers at various airports and everything else. Yeah, there used to be a direct flight, actually, from Stockholm to L.A., which I which I was able to take twice. But they actually canceled that now. But, um, you know, that was that was definitely good that, when, when they had that. But they don't have that anymore. So, But that's still about a 12-hour flight. So it's Oof. definitely a lot of but I mean, I'm at this point. I'm very used to it. So yeah, <laughs> not a big deal anymore. Wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So I, I would, I would imagine, just because of licensing and rights, and everybody wants their piece of the pie, and everybody wants their fingers in the pot of money. Did you guys end up with any challenges during the project with licensing and getting rights to be able to actually use the name Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and, and footage from the games and so forth and so on? Talk about that a little bit. You know, so much. I mean, I think if you're doing gonna do an episode with Ralph, you can probably um, you can you can probably oh, what's the word? Sorry about that. Uh, well, you can probably tell him more about this. But um, for now, I'm, I can just say that we got, you know, we ended up getting a lot of it under fair use category. So so yeah, it's um, it, it it's been easier than we thought, and also. And, you know, Activision has actually been very supportive and uh, for reasons I can't really tell you. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure Ralph can talk more about that later on. <laughs> Great. Yeah, we'd love to have uh, Ralph on the podcast. I haven't talked to him yet, yeah. but uh, we, we plan to do that in the future. So, yeah. I'm sure he'd love to, yeah. Cool. <clears throat> A large part of our listening audience are hardcore THPS fans who have been playing the series for years and are part of a well-established online community. Do you cover any aspects of the online community in the film? And to follow up to that, was that community part of your target demo for this, or was it more largely intended for the casual THPS fan? Oh man, yeah, that's a that's a hard question, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta give you a proper answer to that. So I mean, um, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, there's a massive, uh, massive, massive. There's a big hardcore community for THPS, and obviously that's the one I was mostly thinking about when we started out the project. That you know we have to satisfy them in some ways. You know, as we were announcing the product, even. We end up getting a lot of mail like, oh, will you cover the speedrun community? Will you cover the modding community? And, you know, that's all fun and games and such. And, you know, I definitely love the community in its own way. But um, I think what we ended up realizing as we were talking about Tony Hawk 3 and stuff is just that, you know, the story of Tony Hawk games just doesn't it – just, it's just not that interesting after Tony Hawk 3. And we wanted, we wanted the film to – we wanted people to be able to appreciate the film no matter where they came from, what their background with Tony Skater is and such. And that's what I feel like we've been able to do, you know. The you know, the response has been very overwhelming, even for people who've never played Tony Skater before. And so yeah, I think we kinda of decided to focus more on that. And as a result, a lot of things were left out. And that that, that doesn't mean that the all I commute is entirely left out of it, but um it means that we definitely had to focus the thing mainly on uh, being comprehensible for a general audience and not focus on all those details and just like have you know just have anybody no matter where they came from no matter what where they come from no matter what the background of the game is to be able to appreciate the doc and that's what i feel like we got to at this point and the online community is you know very niche in its own right so yeah it was very hard to include that in the film yeah that's that's uh it's good to hear that you kind of considered that but you know you i think you've realized that you know I don't think anybody in the online community, as much as those of us that have been involved for so long, 
I, I know I have no uh, misnomers that there's a much broader audience for this series than just the online community. And in, in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, in fairness, it was crazy how many people played online at that time. But I, I think they were fairly, like just like a flash in the pan kind of quick they would play a little bit but they wouldn't get into it really largely like a lot of us did that are still you know 20 years later still playing <laughs> you right, know? Right, right. so yeah. you know and i i don't think that's offensive to anybody i know it's not to me to know that okay yeah we did consider that but we also had to understand that we'd like this to be marketable to as many people as possible, not just this smaller, more niche group, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I, cause you know, one thing that I probably should have mentioned is just that, um, I mean, everybody's familiar with Tornas per skater. And, and I mean, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people love the game, but, and you know, people love the soundtrack. People love the gameplay. The online community isn't really a thing that people mention a lot when, you know, they talk about the nostalgic aspect. And I think that's because most people probably played one and two and three, maybe. Right. And, 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 you know, I think, you know, I'm not going to say there was a downfall after four, cause I, I don't think so. As you could tell, underground is my favorite, but, uh, I just think the online community, which I still love, I, and I love the efforts they put into it, but it's just, it, it's just not, I'm not going to say interesting, but it's just not kind of um, big enough to really put into the official film about Turn Per Skater. Because at this point, this is the official film about the video game. And, you know, to have sure. that as the main part of the film would be really, really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you guys are making your own film about the online community. I thought I read somewhere. So, uh <laughs> Uh, it's been flirted with over time, but this podcast that we're doing now is really fulfilling a, I, I think, a need and a niche. Mr. Freeze was the guy that came up with this concept, and uh, he's a player that was around in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4, and he did 19 episodes, and then Freddie and I took it over this year. Anyway, right. so that's kind of what we've morphed some of that those ideas into, but we'll see what happens in the future. Um, yeah. Uh, so how much involvement did, did Tony himself have in the production of this? Obviously, you filmed him, but did did he – I mean, I know he was so involved with the development of the games when they were still cranking out. Did he get heavily involved in this, or, or was it more you and Ralph? No, he wasn't that heavily involved. I mean, he poured us. He always, you know, um, let us into him whenever we were doing the shoots. But, you know, he was mainly just an interview subject, and, you know, he was a great one at that, and you know, he really let us dive into his life. And it wasn't really until the end of production where, you know, he really got, in, not, I wouldn't say involved, but he became real passionate about it because, you know, I, I felt like he kind of, he didn't necessarily forget about a project, but um, I guess his focus shifted to more important things for him at the time. And then Ra I, I know Ralph showed him a version of the film, I think, last year, and he was just blown away. I mean, and that was so nice to see because after all, that's a guy who, you know, who the film's about in one way or another and to see him getting blown away by the documentary was absolutely amazing so yeah that was that was really cool um and from that he became a little involved with like you know consulting and stuff like that but he, he was still mainly an interview subject but you know since since we showed him the film he's been very very supportive about it so yeah nice. i can't thank him enough that's cool to hear that tony was blown away by it but uh, now that you have had the film's premiere, how satisfied are you with the final version? I mean, I'm happy with it. There's definitely changes I would make just to, I mean, obviously I wouldn't make changes to anything. And you probably have done, I mean, nothing's perfect. But, you know, I feel like um, 
I feel like it's a good piece. I feel like it's a very definitive piece of about, about the history of Tony Hawkins. And I think if I was just a casual player, I would totally enjoy the documentary. And there are parts where I worry that, you know, this is where people are going to lose interest. But uh, I'm not going to mention which parts of the film because uh, that would probably ruin his price. But, I mean, it has to, nobody's reacted to that. And, I mean, that's a, that's a great thing to know, that, like, people have enjoyed it thoroughly. They think the length is right. And, and yeah, I mean... I'm I'm very happy with it for sure for sure I think we've done a great job and uh, you know just to have Tony say that the the film is very close to his heart and it covers a lot of ground you know that that just means a lot because you know I I I was never part of the development of Tony Hawk games I was never part of the skateboarding community back then and then to kind of have you know the biggest skateboarder of all time who's behind the video game just say that it's it's amazing and I think that 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 alone makes me very happy oh yeah for sure that's a huge honor for him to say that definitely. <laughs> um, so the premiere last weekend, awesome. I'm super uh, bummed that I couldn't make it down. The flights just didn't work with my schedules and price and budgets and all that. But uh, talk about how the premiere went and how well was the film received. I mean, obviously it had to be uh, pretty pretty well received since you guys walk away with two um, two awards, you know, right out the gate there. Uh, what was the feedback you got from the audience? How how what was the reception of it? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, so the thing about it is, um, I mean. It's uh, that Mammoth Film Festival really promoted the, the hell out of the film. And this was also when we had a PR agent. So I don't know if you noticed, but the the, the film ended up making it to a lot of major news outlets like Forbes and mm-hmm. Variety. And, you know, that was very unexpected. But um, so I think, you know, there was a lot of hype for the film. And because the festival promoted it as the main film of the festival, kind of, um, you know, Already before the premiere, people were coming up to you, or as soon as you said, I'm working on a film, they were, like, real nice to you about it. Like, oh, such an honor to meet you, man. Like, how did this happen? So I I feel like when the film premiered, I kind of – and it sounds cocky as hell to say it, but I didn't really expect anything but people to like it, and, you know, they did. So, I mean, it was very well received. There was standing ovation. I sat next to Rodney Mullen the entire film, actually. Nice. So, and and he laughed a lot. And that – you know, I I didn't necessarily intend it. For any comedy but uh i mean there were parts where everybody laughed out loudly and parts that i didn't even predict and hey yeah, like i said people really loved it it seems so i'm, I'm very happy with the response to the film and uh, you know obviously a lot of people came up to me afterward me and tony and just you know were really positive about it and ronnie was a big fan you know all the you know all the critics were big fans so you know yeah we'll see where it goes from there and you know there's been a lot of talk about it now there's been a lot of offers so yeah it's uh it, it feels really good it was definitely a great world premiere and you know we originally wanted to have it at south by southwest which was supposed to be this week i think next week that is but uh but th- we just we just learned to cancel the whole festival because of the coronavirus yep. so i mean we we dodged a missile as ralph told me yeah <laughs> wow so probably the biggest question on our listeners mind is when can we expect to see wider distribution of the film and do you know how it will be released to the general population yet uh, i do know but all i can tell you now is that uh, i mean it's um it's going to be big epic release and it's probably going to be like beyond your wild man mesa how how big this release <laughs> will actually be and we're probably announcing it in a few months or maybe even less than that and it's gonna i mean i'm not gonna say it's gonna blow you all away but I, it's definitely it's I mean, I'm hugely happy about how the film is going to be released now, and it's 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 such an honor. And, uh, and you'll you'll see when 
when you know the announcement comes out what, what I'm referring to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I figured there would be some questions that we posed to you here that we wouldn't be able to you wouldn't be able to uh, give too much detail on. So we appreciate you uh, at least talking about it. So good to hear that it's going to get some good uh, some good uh, distribution and everybody's going to be able to check it out. I know I for one am super excited to see it. So that's so awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. So do you do you have any envision? I mean, obviously, some of this you probably can't talk about, but uh, would you foresee this film maybe re-sparking some interest into another game being made with this, you know, since the beloved series is being put in the front forefront of people's minds again? I mean, we're seeing a little bit of leverage come about about skateboarding games again here in 2020 sessions, getting some exposure, skater excels, getting some exposure. But I, I think those are kind of more, you know, those are more like. Um, um, sim type, you know, trying to model realistic yeah. skateboarding as opposed to more of the ar- arcadey style of Tony Hawk. Any thoughts around that? I mean, again, I mean, if you, you know, if, if there is something being talked about that you can't share, that's fine. But, you know, what do you think? Do you think this would spark uh, some more interest in a game being made? You know, I guess all I can say about that is really that, uh, I mean, anybody who sees the film wants to play the games afterward and. So I mean, I mean, just even our even our still photographer for the event was like, oh yeah, dude, I just like went to my attic and got my PlayStation One and started playing the game yesterday. So I think there's I think there's a bunch of interest for sure that might be sparked with the documentary. I can't say any more than that. But I also want to say about Session and Skater XL that I think those are really good games on their own, and I feel like we're kind of evolving to um, the next generation of skateboarding games, which is like you know skate skate sims and uh i mean i play both of them and i feel like they're both so good in their i mean especially session now with their latest update where you actually have to catch the board while doing kickflip it's just amazing so i'm you know to see that and to see that there's like even before they're launching there's two competitive game there's two competitors you know yeah yeah it's just amazing to see that there's so much interest in those games you know yeah, for sure. It's been uh, they just, session just came out with another release where you now have I can't remember the they call the control scheme something, but they they made it so that you can play the game like skate. So the controls are very similar to that, and that was like oh sold. That's when I bought it because. The other controls were so hard for me. To, I just couldn't quite get it. Couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. So when they released skate-like controls, and that was just in the last couple of weeks, uh, really, really uh, awesome to see, and it's been fun to play. So, yeah, I totally agree. Because I, you know, I, you know, up on playing, I think they were released the early beta way too early. The one that you got through Kickstarter, because that sure. one wasn't that polished, and you know, you have you know people that played it and actually. I don't think anybody truly enjoyed it. People just defended it because, oh, it's such an, it's an early work in progress. But I think that was just way too early. And now it's actually like, I think now it will be ready to, you know, be test released. Just like Skater XL, because that's the thing about Skater XL. It just blew Session out of the water at first. And now it's Session is kind of coming back, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, for the documentary, did you primarily interview pro skaters, or was it a good mix of the skaters as well as the Neversoft devs? Oh, man, what's a good mix? Would that be like 50-50 or? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, I mean, uh, I think, you know, at first we kind of tried to do 50-50 with developers and skaters, but as the focus kind of shifted to, okay, we want to make a documentary about the 
impact that Thomas Skater had. And, you know, the skaters' expectations. So much of documentaries about the skaters and their hardcore community and, like, how they, you know, they were these hardcore people that were approached to do this mainstream thing, a video game, and their reactions to that. And, and then the outcome of all that. So I think for our second round of interviews, 2018, summer, I mean, our third round, um, that's when we kind of had almost only skaters. Um, and they all did such a good job. And the skaters are, you know, very used to being interviewed. So, you know, we had a bunch of never saw people at first, but a lot of them didn't actually make it to the final cut because uh, either they just said something that had already been said or the material wasn't very usable. You know, I, I truly appreciate their time, but um, I feel like, yeah, to answer your question, yes, we probably have, we don't really have balance. It's, it's mostly skaters, but when you watch film, it, it's going to make a lot of sense why we pick mainly skaters, because uh, in the film, it's mainly Mick West and Scott Peace that kind of take the lead as to tell the story of Neversoft, and they do a really good job for various reasons. I think the main reason is that they're not overly nostalgic about about Neversoft and the video games. They just kind of moved on with their lives. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of developers just—I'm not gonna say—I mean, they—they did an amazing game, but they're just like you know, they just can't. It's like they're being amazed as they talk as we're interviewing them. So it's—it's kind of hard, you know, to include it in the film, you know. Hmm. Interesting. Talking about the the glory days of the former, you know, uh, days of old or whatever, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand. You know, if I worked with someone like Thomas Skater, I would totally be like that too, probably. But you know, I can't tell. I haven't done that yet. But, sure. <laughs> but you know, I just, I just feel like, um, I just feel like there's, um, you know, it's very hard to get that, to get that feeling that I guess they were looking for when they heard of THP's documentary into the film. Like, oh yeah, I mean, we would stay up all night, we would work, and you know, mm-hmm. we would have Jen Jameson come over, and we'd have THC <laughs> at our after party, you know, all right. that, because they have a bunch of those stories, man, yeah. Sure, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's well documented, some of the crazy uh, stuff that happened uh, in the workplace there, for sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, like kickflip contests, I mean, yeah, and they had, yeah, they had Tenacious D at the rap party of Time of Scare 2, actually, and that, that looks fun, that looks fun, mm-hmm. wow. I love it. Uh, so, without spoiling too much, were you guys able to get any rights for any of the I- iconic songs from the soundtracks to be included in the film? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Cool. Uh, that, that's all I can say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. Good. I figured you did, but I just uh, – I, I, we figured you asked the question anyway, so. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a good question for sure, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about Skater XL and Session, so let me ask you um, – do you think there is still a market for a full AAA skateboarding game in 2020? Uh, do you think the interest the interest is there, or the demand from what you can tell? Hmm. Uh, I would. Oh God, it sucks to say this, but I, I would probably say no because uh, <laughs> I feel like I don't really feel like there's. I mean, there, you know, Triple A now is just so much bigger than Triple A back in 1999 or 2000. So, I mean, a Triple A game now, what would that be like? I don't know, God of War. Oh God, I'm so behind on games now. But like. Let's <laughs> Yeah, let's say a game like Spider Man, like the, the, the Insomniac one of PS4. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a AAA game. And um, with, and I just feel like, um, how do I put this correct? I mean, people just aren't that interested in sports titles now. Uh, hmm. I mean, there's FIFA, obviously. I just don't, I just feel like people kind of moved on from skateboarding games and it's become this niche genre that, you know, people are attracted to. But it's not like people are like, oh, I want to play a skateboarding game, you know, that are in a style. They, they're, they're going to say, I want to play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater cause, so they know the formula. So, right. And if we're talking about a AAA game, I think a AAA game would probably require a whole new a whole new gameplay system 
and I don't think there's an audience for just a brand new skateboarding game. Um, and I think, I think Session and Skater XL have kind of showed that there's this niche audience that will love those games no matter what, but it's just not going to top the sale chart anymore. Interesting perspective. I always hold out hope that there is a market out there, but that's. I'm really curious to see once once it uh, hits the Olympics, what where that if it's going to blow up again, and we're going to see a really huge resurgence in it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But I mean, I think one of the things that kind of made me realize this while I was talking about was that uh, Shenmue Three. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Shenmue franchise. Yeah, for sure. I'm a pretty huge fan. Nice. So, uh, but but Shenmue Three. I imagine it's be like the most hyped game of all time, and then I look at the sales charts, man, and, the, and they're worse than the freaking you know remake or remaster of the Shenmue One and Two for the PlayStation Four, and it's go like, what, dude? I, I went to, <laughs> I, and I, I figured I was the only guy who pre-ordered the game at my local game shop. I was like, no, no, this is not happening. Interesting. And you know, all, all hope for Shenmue Four was lost at that time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a hard reality too. It hits you like a ton of bricks, and that's. I mean, I, I think I've come to terms with that with Tony Hawk over time. Um, just because, yeah. I, I, just like it sounds like you did, I I had huge and high hopes for HD, and then five, eh, less yeah. for five, more for HD. I thought HD was going to be the savior of the series and bring everything yeah. back, and it did not. It was not to be. So, um, yeah. Oh, crazy. So once this film's distributed, do you guys have any hopes or do you envision any sort of a sequel or a part two? Or was this truly meant to kind of be a solo project? It effectively tells enough of the story on its own. I think it's meant to be a solo project and it tells enough of the story on its own. I think, I think you know, not everything – there's a lot of things left out, but I think that's for the better. I think that's just because that wouldn't be interesting enough for a film. So, uh, yeah, this is probably standalone film. Um, I think I'll definitely work on some skateboarding documentaries in the future, just not skateboarding video game documentaries because I'm kind of past that now. But, sure. But, yeah, we cover so much ground in this documentary that I, I just don't see the need for for a second game, really. Or, no, a second second, uh, second documentary. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Ludwig, the critical success of this documentary has got to be doing big things for your directorial career. Um, what other films or projects have you been working on that you can share with us? Uh, you know, when it comes to documentaries, I've had a lot of different offers. Um, one that I'm pretty sure I told Carrie about is that uh, I've, I've been working with Bad Religion quite a bit. Uh, so I did, a, I did a short documentary with Bad Religion um, last year for their latest album, Age of Unreason. That, that was a fun project. I, I went to tour with them in Europe and... Uh, that was real fun. Uh, other than that, I've been working. I mean, my main thing is kind of horror, so I've been doing a lot of horror projects on the side. So, I just did. Um, I mean, I've, I've done one horror short film called The Outsider, which is based on a story by H.P. Lovecraft, who's probably one of my favorite authors, and that that's been going around the festival circuit really well. We just got, you know, we actually that was a while ago, but we got a really major distrib- distributor to actually distribute the film, which is, you know, getting distributed for a short film is rare on its own, so that's mm-hmm. been amazing. Nice. Both streaming and DVD, so that's that's super cool. Uh, it'll probably be released online in July, so I'll let you guys know. Awesome, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, other than that, you know, my my day to day business is doing various documentaries here in Sweden too. Um, I work for a company called French Quarter Film. We done, um, you know, we actually did a film called and Then We Dance, which was which was shortlisted for an for an Academy Award in in the foreign language category. It did not get nominated. Uh, I, I didn't work in that film, 
but uh, my company did produce it. So wow, yeah, the bunch of products with them. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that's happening right now, um, and hopefully I'll have another like major documentary directorial credit in the near future. So yeah, I mean we're still kind of bouncing around what the next product could possibly be. That's awesome. Yeah, the, uh, if anybody hasn't seen the Bad Religion uh, uh, mini doc that uh, Ludwig did, uh, check it out. It's it turned out really well. I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a good one. So. <clears throat> All right, so let's see. Uh, do you uh, do you uh, feel like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater will always be something you'll be interested in, and do you even still play the series uh, on any sort of consistent basis? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely played less since um, since I st- I'm not going to say I stopped playing Flag Pro, but uh, I um, I uh, how do I put this? I got yeah, I got new computers. I switched to Mac, and since then I haven't actually installed Flag Two on my PC yet, which is super weird. I know, but you know, I actually try to install everything legally. So, and my new my new computer doesn't even have a disk reader. So, I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna work around that and install Flag Pro, <laughs> Pro soon. But I mean, I have my GameCube still on my new my new place. I do play. I played Tony Hawk's Skater Four yesterday with my girlfriend. We had a lot of fun. She never played Tony Hawk before, so that was interesting. And she, you know, she, she really loved it. That was nice. the part. And she actually said, "Like, wow." I mean, so I actually played the trumpet. That's the thing we might get into. And I, I actually played in one of the Tony Hawk's Skater cover bands, uh, the Downhill Jam, that played the premiere. Oh yeah. And she she recognized almost every song in the game because of you know she's been hearing me jam those songs on my trumpet <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah but no i do i do try to play on a consistent basis i also play a lot of it with my best friend um who's also who's the composer of the film is a huge fan of the games uh but i want to play more i mean i definitely want to play some more uh, soon uh hopefully i'll you know i'm actually i'm not doing it well i'm probably gonna stay home tomorrow so hopefully i'll play some tonight for skater there you go i love it <clears throat> Ludwig, when you did play the series consistently, I know you've expressed that the online community was fairly tight-knit and not always generally welcoming to newer players with open arms. Talk about that a bit. Do you think more newer players would stick around longer if they felt welcomed and accepted? Um, you know, I, I, don't, I can't really say much on, you know, if new players would feel more welcome and uh, stuff like that if they were accepted. You know, when I was, I think just when I was introduced to the community of Toronto Skater, it was sort of like... I mean, it's very similar to the hardcore skateboarding community, interestingly enough, you know, that they do their own thing. You know, they do the pro videos, improv videos, no manual, stuff like that. And they do this thing that nobody else understands and nobody else gets it. And, you know, but we're going to keep doing it because we're OGs. And I feel <laughs> like I, I like that. I totally like that. I just felt like when I joined the Toyota Skater community, uh, I, um, I was kind of welcomed by a lot of people, but... There wasn't really anybody who introduced me to the various play styles. Uh, some people did, some people didn't. But uh, I think I could have learned a lot from that. But I, for some reason, I decided to stick around. And, you know, I did great with that. But that's the weird part about it, that when I started doing those commentaries, a lot of people just were like, whoa, what's this guy doing? Like, this isn't Tony Asperger This is selling out, you know. And, I, you know, for me... You know, my reaction was obviously like, "Oh, well, these guys don't know shit." You know, they're just uh, <laughs> they're just a bunch of assholes. And you know, I don't want to. You know, that's not the impression I want to have. But I guess because I guess you know, and the, the, I think the, um, Freddie, you meant, or some guys mentioned that my videos were always appreciated in the hardcore community, and that's great. But I actually never f- really felt that way. And if that's how it was, then props to you guys because I love the community. I love the Toronto Skate community. Um, but I also feel like I joined it when it was 
dead, when it was completely dead. And it had sort of a revival in 2014. And since then, I've seen a lot of new players online. And they're, I, I like to think that they're welcome. And I, they probably are. But I just feel like there was a, there was a big hardcore community on PlayStation 2 era that uh, just wasn't very welcoming. And I don't know what's happening with that now. But, um, but yeah, uh, it definitely didn't, it definitely didn't have me like, uh, it definitely didn't motivate me to play more or something like that. But I, I stuck around because that, that's just who I was at the time. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it's. I, I've always felt I don't play online as much as I did at one time, but you know, I, I know that there's this perception, and I think you said it really well just now that people are going to play the game how they're going to play it, and they're very into it in that respect. And if other people aren't necessarily playing it in that same way, they are like, oh, maybe that person's a noob, or they don't get it, or get good or you know some of that type of conversation yeah. where when i play i try to i try to embrace somebody that's newer as long as they're not obnoxious obviously but if they're you know if they're kind and, and you know they seem like they want to learn or whatever then i try to embrace that i try to because that's how you're going to help the community to stay alive and to grow otherwise you're just going to continue to just be so niche that you're going to be your own demise i think fully agreed yeah and i feel like that I feel like you know there was a lot of great response from the from the community with my YouTube channel, my Thug Pro videos. But I feel like a lot of hardcore people were just like, "Oh, now we're bringing in the noobs to the game, and they don't know how to play it." And I, I, I'm kind of like, "Yeah, I guess in a way, but you know, at the same time, would you rather see this community died die?" And I feel like a lot of people, of the hardcore people, would just say yes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah. that's that's mm. just me. Okay, so that ends our uh, panel questions from Freddie and I. So we have one question from Discord that I'll pass along, um, and then there's a couple of uh, questions in chat, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go. I know it's getting late over there for you. <clears throat> okay, so the question from Discord: You 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 of course know Tyler Lasagna. Uh, you got to hang out with him and I when we were uh, in San Diego last year together. Yeah, but... yeah, that was awesome. That was so awesome. Yeah, yeah, Tyler's great. So he says uh, he saw that at the premiere you guys had a uh, specific uh, skateboard deck that was made and he's a huge collector. We're actually going to have him on the podcast in the future talking about his collection. But he's wondering oh, nice. Yeah, he said he saw one of those decks go on sale on eBay already uh, and you yeah. guys said it was from the premiere and so he was just wondering, do you have any idea how many of those decks were made? I think he's trying to understand value. Oh, I don't know actually, but uh, what, what I can tell you Tyler, if you're listening, is that um, I think there's a couple left and I'll make sure you get one some way, one way or another. So, yeah. Ooh, they're yeah, super yeah. generous. Also, Tyler was—I uh, I think I remember Tyler donated quite a bit to the film, so he, he should definitely get one either way. So yeah, I'm, that, that's just me. I'm not sure what Ralph's gonna say, but I'll tell you. Yeah, you'll get one. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Oh, I love it. Cool. <laughs> uh, Freddie, you want to grab a first question from Twitch? Yeah, we have. Um, now, obviously, you can only tell us what you can tell us, but. A username Warpig would like to know if Ludwig knows anything about the remake of THPS 1 and 2. Well, you said it. I can all... Uh, yeah, no comments. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no comments. Sorry, Warpig. Can't can't help you out there. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, yeah. Uh, user Led uh, 
INF or lead infrared, we as we know him by. Uh, he says, "Is there going to be old footage of NeverSoft employees goofing off of the movie, and is there going to be uh, new or unseen clips of them?" Yes, there's going to be some footage, actually, not a whole lot, but there's a, there's a there's some footage of the kickflip contest, I think. Cool. Uh, that's not necessarily unseen, but I do know there's one clip that's unseen. Of uh, I hope Jal Jew is not listening, but there's a clip of Jal dropping into a vert, and he, yeah, he lands really hard, like he bails. <laughs> and, uh, I think that's an ever before seen clip, actually, that we had. Um, that we, yeah. It was um it was actually from Ralph's camcorder from like way back. So there's there's some clips from when the Neversoft team goose around around the skate Ventura uh, when Tony's doing the mocap for the first game. Oh nice. So, yeah, there's some there's some new never never before seen footage from there. Not in a four eleven VM VM video <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of you guys have seen. Oh yeah. Gosh, the the intro videos were always famous on the all, every game, and then always during the credits. You know, you'd finish yeah. the game, and the credits would roll, and there was always some shenanigans, you know, blowing up televisions and stuff like that. So, <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, user Sarge wants to know if there's going to be any bonus features with the documentary. Uh, that's a real good question. I don't know yet, to be honest. I mean, I, some. I mean, there's some there's some funny parts in interviews that we couldn't include. Like there's um. This is going to be exclusive for you guys, so I hope nobody posts about this online. But there's, there's actually a part where I interviewed Tony the first time where he he totally, like, he doesn't remember anything about Tony Hawk. No, I'm not going to say that, but there's a lot of <laughs> things that he has some misremembered. So, first of all, he says that Tony Hawk 2 was released on a PlayStation 2, and I corrected him for that. And then he says, <laughs> we had online. And I was like, no, you didn't. And he actually goes like, he actually goes like, fuck what what's happening yeah and i definitely want to include that because that, that was some fun footage because a lot of people ask me like can you pony why you know why in american wasteland you could stick or slap that well you know some very niche question i just go like no i can't because he doesn't know that right that's awesome yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I guess the perception would be that he knows everything about every last little nuance of it, and I, he yeah. probably doesn't remember half of it. And that what you just said proves that. So, yeah. and you think the NeverSoft people do too, but we have it. I mean, I, I think only one person has, has actually noticed this, but there's a huge error, like when it comes to level uh, in the Tony Hawkins, as somebody mentions, and he mentioned, like he says, I think he says warehouse, but it's actually we're actually showing up Chicago. And whenever you watch film, you're going to notice how oddly specific this is. And, like, that's like, damn, that's just wrong. But nobody's noticed it yet. So, yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's one of the developers who loves talking about the game. And he says, you know, he mixes Chicago with Warehouse. And that's a big, big error for me. Yeah, that's uh, oh, that's so funny. Uh, the hard uh, the hardcore community will point it out. I, we have some uh, I call them Tony Hawk's Pro Skater encyclopedias in our Tony in our yeah. THPSX Discord. Those guys are crazy. The stuff that they know is just insane. And like even uh, Slateman talking to him when we interviewed him about the book, man, that guy yeah. knows so much about the games. Yeah. It's, it's oh, yeah. absolutely shocking. So oh yeah, Do, you know, I actually met Slateman because he lived in Sweden for a while. Yeah, there's a picture of you guys in in uh, in his book uh, in the back yeah. of it. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, wow. yeah, absolutely. In the back of the book, there's a picture of uh, you and Slayman together. So yeah, he mentioned oh, you I didn't for know sure. That. Okay. Yeah, he gave you some good shout outs in the podcast. So if you haven't listened to his, oh, he... I haven't even listened to that. Yeah, no, yeah, I have, yeah. 
Yeah, you have to check it out. He was a great guest. We li- we loved having him, and yeah, he talked to he uh, he gave you a shout out for sure. And and yeah, like I said, check out the book; it's great. So yeah, the book's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see the next two questions in the Twitch chat. Uh, this is from Solonar TV and Quartz users. So uh, uh, Ice Bears actually already covered this. So uh, your two questions, and that was when can we, uh, when can we watch the documentary online? Uh, he he basically had said that that is going to be forthcoming. He's not able to make the announcement yet, but it will be. Everybody should be really excited by it. And then uh, the second question was, uh, will the documentary get a worldwide release, and how much will it cost? I'll I'll let you say as much as you'd like to about that, Ludwig. Yeah, I mean, all I can say is that this year on both questions, that that's really it. I mean, it's going to come out this year one way or another. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be out this year for sure, 100%. Um, yeah. Cool. Great. Any other questions from uh, Twitch chat before we uh, get ready to wrap this up? Looks like we've pretty well covered it. Okay. Well, uh, Ludwig, uh, we great. We are so stoked and so thankful that uh, you were able to join us for this time today. We really appreciate your time staying up late for us. And I know you're not. You're being under under the weather here a bit. So uh, thank you for fighting through the cold there and joining us. So I know. yeah, with this. Uh, Consider this your platform. If you'd like to take a, a couple of minutes and uh, give a plug for any of your socials for the film or anything that you've got going on uh, in in your life that you'd like to talk about, floor is yours. Take a couple of minutes. Say anything you'd like to, anything you'd like for people to check out or, or uh, whatever. We'll just give you this. This time, floor is yours. Right. Yeah, I don't want to do too much self-promotion, but all I can say is, you know, thank you guys for supporting my YouTube channels throughout the years. That means a whole lot. That's That channel is a whole basis for the documentary. That's how I ended up getting the job and all that stuff. So without you guys, I mean, that definitely wouldn't have happened. So thank you so much. Um, you know, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know, just Google THPS Film. And you'll, fi- you'll find our various platforms. Also go to teachpsfilm.com where you can check out some info about the film. Hopefully we're posting some new footage soon. Uh, and, yeah, we're, we're pretty active on social media. So, And if there's any other questions, just let us know. Uh, I mean, we're um, send us a message. And I'm real sorry I can't talk more about when the film is going to be released and such. But, I mean, it's, it's going to happen this year, and there will be announcements soon. And just know that we are working on it. We're really working hard on it, and we can't wait to show it to all of you Tone Actors Gator fans out there. I mean, you guys have been... I mean, the fact that there's a community for this game 20 years after it's been released just shows how good it is of a game. And, you know, especially in this day and age, you, you see, you just, you can see how much pop culture relevance it has. Even, you know, I don't know if you heard of a rapper called Juice World. He died very recently of a drug overdose, but... Even in one of his songs, and this is like one of the most streamed artists in the world, he, he actually wrote in the lyrics, I'm going home to play Tony Hawk 3 on the PS2. And then he talks about, <laughs> oh, wow. Like, and it just shows how much cultural relevance is it, there is for this game and how, how it's almost more relevant now and how people are so nostalgic about it. So, again, yeah. thank you guys and look forward to the film this year. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll make sure and link up uh, some of your socials and so forth uh, in the descriptions for the replays. Um, awesome. Yeah, so we want to make sure and give you that exposure as much as we can. So, Freddie, any uh, f- uh, closing thoughts for um, Ludwig? Um, I just really like to thank you for your time. You've been really insightful for us today, and uh, I really hope to see you on Thug Pro one day. Oh, yeah, I'll be there for sure. I'll be there for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, look us up. Definitely would love to have you join. So, all right, uh, Ludwig, if you want to jump off, you're welcome to. If you'd like to hang out for a couple of minutes, we're just going to introduce uh, next week's or uh, our next guest, not next week, but our next guest, and uh, it's just kind of some housekeeping stuff. Welcome to stay if you'd like. Uh, otherwise, if you want to jo- drop off the call, again, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and we'll talk soon. All right, thank you. I'll probably have to drop off. But thank you again, guys. I'll, you betcha. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, with that, uh, we appreciate uh, Ludwig's time. We're super stoked that he was able to join us today. Uh, Good episode, good talk with him for sure. I'm excited to see the film. I'm sure you are too, Freddie. Absolutely. Um, I'm really interested in seeing uh, the untold untold story, uh, the unseen footage that he was referring to, things like that. Yeah, for sure. It should be good. I mean, I think a lot of us know it, know the history of it and the story of it, but I think it'll be interesting to see it really told in a professional manner with interviews with everybody just getting their thoughts. I think it's going to be really exciting, so I'm stoked for it. So, um, Just a couple of quick pieces of housekeeping, then we'll talk about uh, who's going to be next. Uh, number one, uh, we want to just uh, say thank you to Satin last week. Uh, he was a great guest. We really appreciate him, and we appreciate his time, and uh, I think he got inspired at Looks like he's got some more levels in the works from what I'm following uh, in Discord there. So we'll be excited to see that, see some more of his work. Um, So let's see. Our next guest, we're super excited. I've been nervous to even talk about this because I'm sure this our, is, this is going to be such an awesome episode. Yeah, I think yeah, I think everybody would be excited to hear it. We've thrown a couple teasers out there for some folks, uh, and everybody that I said is just blown away that uh, we're able to find uh, this guy. It took some hunting to to track him down, but uh, this is going to be actually in a couple of weeks uh, because of our schedules and because of spring break. This is not going to be until Sunday, March. 29th that's going to be our next episode but uh on that day we are super excited and uh we're going to be welcoming our next guest and that is going to be magic summer so for those of you who don't know magic summer is considered by many to be one of the greatest uh tony hawks pro skater players of all time he has some of the most well-known and well-respected videos of gameplay from the uh, uh tony hawks pro skater 4 era including his famous alcatraz no manual line he's the winner of the very first improv tournament the improverty stricken tournament or i1 as it's known uh and then he also turned around and then he wins i2 as well back-to-back w- wins in uh, in improv there which i don't think has been done since uh cemented him as a pioneer in the improv improvisational that's a hard word to say improvisational style of gameplay for the series his videos of improv and no manuals are absolutely legendary still watched and referenced today by modern players he's one of the earliest members of the txo clan and highly revered as an elite player from uh, the era by, I think, pretty much everyone. Um, so we are excited to welcome him as our guest on Sunday, March 29th. We'll give you, we'll announce the time. So did you ever hang out with him in your TXO days? You know, that's a great question because I'm going to have to think about that over the next couple of weeks. I, th- <laughs> I, I think I did play online with him a few times we will have a little bit of there may be some accent 
uh, challenges with him because he's uh, he's from Switzerland. So we're going to have another international guest. This was not planned, by the way, folks. <laughs> We've had uh, this is with uh, between Slateman in Italy, Ice Bears of Sweden this week, and then we're going to have Magic Summers from Switzerland here uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, so our time schedules didn't work out that well, but yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I did. I'm pretty sure I did. So very interesting. Can't wait to have him on. Yeah, it should be a great uh, great thing. I actually have already rewatched several of his videos and just blown away. <laughs> my <laughs> my tune uh, in in his skill and style is uh, is definitely still uh, it's just amazing. So yeah. All right. Well, this was fun today. I enjoyed uh, talking to Ice Bears. I'm sure you did as well, Freddie. And I know you've been sick too, so thank you for persevering and uh, fighting through it and being a part of this today. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, I think it went very well. Uh, Ice Bears, I wish him all the luck in the world with the distribution of the film. Yeah, absolutely. And we will catch you on the next one. Thanks.